Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, yoga is massively popular around the world, but its image tends to be uniform, usually a skinny, bendy white woman. Indeed, a survey from two years ago in the UK found that 87% of practitioners were women, 91% were white, which led Stacey Graham to wonder if the practice had strayed somewhat from its roots. She's the author of Yoga as Resistance. Afternoon, Stacey. Good afternoon, Sean. Have you always practiced yoga? I have not. I started practicing yoga about 15 years ago. And when you started it, were you kind of somewhat surprised by the ethnic makeup of the people around you? To be really honest, I didn't know much about uh, the origins of yoga when I started. I lived in Germany and it was recommended to me due to some of some physiological issues I was having in my neck and shoulders And it wasn't until I went to India for the first time about 10 years ago where I discovered that yoga is so much more than fitness. Uh, What was missing then from the yoga that you initially were introduced to? That's a good question. I think after my experience of being in India and learning with you know, people who grew up with this as a wisdom and faith tradition, not simply a a form of exercise, what I learned was that there's so much missing from what we experience in studios here in the West. Um, But predominantly, I'd say, if I were to distill it, I'd say simply what was missing is connecting the experience of what we do in the studio to what the greater wisdom tradition has to offer. Mm. So would it be too far to say then there's a kind of a religious or spiritual aspect to that? So it's really important to note that in its origins, uh, yoga was a part of what's generally referred to as the six essential Indian philosophies. It wasn't treated as a religion until um, the British Raj. So that is also a Western influence to see it as religion rather than um, a a wisdom or philosophy tradition. Mm. But I would definitely say there's there are aspects of that philosophy that relate to spirit or universe or however you might term it. Mm. And so then how does that, I mean, and as most people know, in uh, yoga tends to be just treated as a form of exercise in the Western world. Sure. Uh, how would one, if, if you bring the, the Indian model, the, the, how would that translate into one's life? How would it affect your life? So there are what are called eight limbs of yoga, And what we practice in the studio is the third limb, which is called asana or postures. And there's so much more than that to yoga with a capital Y, I tend to call it, such as uh, meditation, um, breath exercises. And at the very beginning, at the very core of those eight limbs is how we treat ourselves and how we treat others. And there's a practice of, you know, not harming others and not harming ourselves. And I think we could all benefit from integrating that into our daily lives right now. Mm. Yeah, and well, indeed. Uh, now, I suppose another notable thing, and, and once you point to, you know, yeah, that's true. It, 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 pictures of yoga always tends to uh, depict uh, skinny, blonde, white women. <laughs> uh, um, uh, why is that? You know, I think there's a, a number of reasons for it. If we look at most advertising, 
historically that is who has been depicted, even though most of the world doesn't look like that. Um, so I don't think that yoga is unusual in that respect. And um, because of the way it's taught in the West, a lot of people who perhaps come from a more um, gymnastics or dance background have found uh, work as yoga teachers. And so, you know, I think there are a few things at play that lead to that type of representation. Uh, yeah, but it, uh, does that tell us so that yoga really in 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 uh, the Western world is a very middle class kind of a pursuit, which, which oh, perhaps explains why it's depicted as such. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, on average, if if you're not you know subscribing, if you're just going to a drop in yoga class in London, you'll pay something between fifteen and twenty pounds for a sixty or seventy five minute class. That's a lot of money. Mm. Which is odd, really, given that you'd think that yoga would be the more cost-effective form of forms of exercise if you just want it as that, because it doesn't require much in the way of equipment. It doesn't. You're right. And I think a lot of people have recognized that over our two years in the pandemic. You know, more people are practicing using YouTube videos. They're practicing from the comfort of their own homes um, with a mat and use, you know, improvising with pillows and things as their props. Mm. Is there anything wrong necessarily with that, though? There are lots of things that are middle class. Uh, So from my point of view, I really don't try to point the finger at things being right or wrong. I think we would all benefit from moving away from that type of binary. Um, Maybe people would talk to each other more if it weren't positioned in that way. Mm -hmm. It's not so much that it's wrong, but it's not not honoring the tradition. What a lot of people might not realize is... um, Yoga today in India has become very middle class, but historically it was actually people who didn't have a lot of money who practiced yoga. Um, And so I think what's really important is this practice is beneficial to all of us, irrespective of our spiritual or faith traditions or lack thereof. We can all benefit from many of the, the practices and techniques. And so I would advocate for it being accessible to everyone. And we see that, for example, in the UK, that the NHS is integrating it for cancer patients and for other vulnerable people who benefit from integrating, again, not necessarily the physical practice, but breath practice, meditation practice, and a practice of um of more mindfulness into their everyday. Yeah, is is that difficult to convince people that it could be for them too if you're if you're not a skinny white woman? Yes. <laughs> it is difficult. Uh I have been trying to do that for years now and I think what what is great to see is the more uh representation and diversity you see across social media, the more you see that um showing up in classes as well. So there has been a, a large group of people who have been working and advocating for years now to say, hey, yoga is for you, no matter, you know, no matter your body type, no matter um, your race, no matter what language you speak, no matter what you believe in, it can it can help you, too. And I think we're slowly getting to a place where more people um, can see the value in that. Mm, I would imagine, though, as well, because like, you live in London, a, a city as diverse as London, there must be people practicing yoga as it is practiced, uh, if you like, traditionally, for want of a better word. You know, I expected that when I moved to London over uh, close to nine years ago. And it's not quite the case. Um, Mm. And I think that's because of, again, 
if you walk into any given there, so let me correct myself. There are a few studios that have been targeting uh, greater diversity, but I would say overall, if you walk into any studio in in any part of London, it doesn't matter if it's West London or East London. You know, you'll see kind of like your your crystal water and uh, energy balls <laughs> and fancy clothes, you know, name brand clothes, and it can feel very intimidating. Yeah, well, uh, uh, keep up the good work, no doubt, uh, in the future. We'll become more diverse, you never know. Uh, Boris Johnson has some time in his hands now. He might turn up for a class. Uh, <laughs> Stacey Graham is the author of Yoga as Resistance. Stacey, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.